Listening Dog Media. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over a hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. This month's guest on the Offside Royal Exclusives is a Republic of Ireland international who signed for his first and only English club to date, Wolverhampton Wanderers, in 2010. Spotted at a pre-season friendly when living in Ireland representing Bohemians, this defender has ridden the highs of promotion and the lows of relegation in a career that currently sees him fulfilling a boyhood dream of playing Premier League football. Right back Matt Doherty is a regular first choice for Wolves manager Nuno Espirito Santo. And whilst the club enjoys a fifth spell in the top flight during the modern era, the Dublin-born footballer wants to keep testing himself and see how much more he can achieve. The Offside Rule Exclusives with Kate Borsay and Lindsay Hooper. Matt, thanks for joining Kate and I today. It's quite a journey that you've been on in the West Midlands since making your Wolves debut, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I can't believe it's been eight years, to be honest. Time goes so quick. I remember coming over um, on trial. I did all right, like, and they and they wanted to sign me. I was a bit shocked, to be honest. Um, I, I guess there was a lot of Irish. Mick was the manager at the time, and I was Irish. I just kind of, kind of worked out right place, right time. And managed to manage to stick around through all the managers, and, and still here now, probably playing the best football of my life. You talk about an eight-year period, and as the current longest-serving player at Wolves, this eight-year period just gone seems like one of the most pivotal in Wolves history. You've been here through the Premier League the first time around with Mick. You've been here as the team got relegated from the Premier League. Then the double drop down to League One. Then the over 100 points, which got promoted out of League One into the Championship. And then from the Championship back into the Premier League and under this new ownership, which seems to have great ambitions. So, wow, I mean, how do you even go about summing up that short eight years, which seems like forever? Well, I guess it's a bit of a cliche, but I've been through thick and thin with Wolves. I mean... um I remember I was on loan. I've gone on loan a couple of times as well. In between that, uh, went to Hibs on loan, played in the cup final. Didn't do that well when I was at Hibs. Actually, used class as a bit of a failure of a loan. Uh, and then I went to Bury also with Kevin Blackwell, which was probably what really 
got me kick-started. I really enjoyed my time there and got a taste of what football was like in the lower leagues. And it kind of just makes you think, it's, it's obviously good that you're playing where you're kind of thinking, oh, I don't know if I like the, the way it is, the way the training ground is. Um, you like the nicer things, I guess. But yeah, we had the, we was got relegated. Um, I didn't play, played maybe, a, I think I played a half in that season, we got relegated. Um, didn't really play in the championship season, played the last 15 games when we got relegated straight away. Um, and then started, Kenny Jacket was the manager, started the League One season, started off playing really well. Um, and then had hamstring injuries for like six months, so didn't even get to finish that season. So I was a bit stop-start at the time. Wasn't really cementing myself in the team. And then started the first game in the season championship. And even even then, probably until ever since I've played left-back, I've played almost every game. So it's been it's been t- difficult. I've had to work hard. Um, but that's what I've done. I've got my head down. And like I said, I've managed to survive a lot of managers and a lot of tough times. Um, I guess it's a bit gives me a bit of confidence and credit to myself that I've been able to do that because not many have. Was there any other option for you growing up other than football? Absolutely none because I, I, I had been on a lot of trials when I was a kid um, to the point where we actually my dad just took me out of school because I was going to, you'd go away for a week at a time but during mm. school... How old were you? Um, I was 15 I think when I left, when I left 15 or 16 when I left um, and we just took the chance that I was going to go away and for two years it never happened so I that was 15, 16 I didn't go away till I was 18 um, so I was, my dad has a I think most people know carpet upholstery cleaning business now and I, I worked with him I was in the van with him every day doing whatever whatever he asked me just just help or stuff like getting whatever I needed to get um, and that was that made me realise that's not what I wanted to do that was, that's tough work mm. um, and we'd have chats in the van about oh, like, like if he can go through a league of Ireland um, maybe you can get your chance that way, which would still be around 21, 22. Um, and that was the way we were looking at it. Obviously, I still thought, oh, well, I'd rather go away now. Um, but that just wasn't happening for me until, obviously, the, the trial game. And, um, yeah, not really, not really looked back since. Who kept who going during that period? Was it you and your belief in yourself or was it your dad's belief um, in you? I think we both believe in me just I think he believes in me more than I believe in me uh, sometimes um, so it's not like one of us was like oh, I'm not sure and um, we both always believed just waiting for the right time because I had a lot of chances and mm. um, by being on trial pace and never and never did it um, was there a time when you nearly gave up on it no I would never get I never gave up on on football because obviously I, I loved it and it's the only thing I had like, I didn't have anything else because I had left school um, so I'm sure my dad at times was thinking, we've made a huge mistake there. What, what are we going to do? Um, but it, wor- it worked out and uh, thankfully it did because I don't know what I'd be doing now. It was a very different parenting approach to take because most people would say, and I'm, Kate's got a couple of children as well. She, she might be a bit more like your dad, actually, I have a feeling. But mine would certainly be you need a backup plan. You need to, this might not work out, so we need to have something else. Usually a lot of that is education-based. So a huge, huge gamble for him to be able to say, actually, we'll take this risk because that's how much belief I have in my my boy yeah but I guess like I said that's probably the belief that he had in me more than I had in myself probably um but to be, to be honest when I was in school like I was I was a bit of a bad student anyway I was getting in trouble and stuff like that um so it's not like I was in school and while I was there I was good and learning I was 
mess, I was messing around pretty much. Um, it's either that or he wanted to hand down the family business. Well, to be honest, I have five sisters and a brother, and we've all we've all been in the business. We've all been in the we've all been in the van, and we've all answered phones at some point. Um, so yeah, I mean, I I think I know everybody's been in. It. My mum's done it, everything. Um, so it's a it is a proper family business, but I don't think anybody wants to stay there forever. And you grew up in Dublin. Yeah. What was family life like? Uh, like well, I had five sisters, a brother, um, and it was just a lot of girls. Me and my brother used to play, and it was it wasn't. I wouldn't say it was tough or, or rough. We had a nice nice upbringing, um, and surrounded by a lot of women, which is fine. I mean, they used to think they owned the house at times, but <laughs> I I maintained that I was control of the remote control, which was the most important one. You spoke about when you came to Wolves, that Irish link between you and Mick McCarthy. But Wolves, they've had this Irish link for a long time because you look at the players they've brought through, Keith Andrews, Robbie Keane. There's been a lot of players that have come from Ireland. So were you already quite aware of what Wolves were doing? Yeah, of course. I mean, uh, like like we said, there was, there's a lot of players who were here. Stephen Ward, who's from Port Marnock, which is only 10 minutes away from where I'm from. He was here also. Um, Doyler Hunty now, who I'm really good friends with. Stephen Hunt, really good friends with him. So yeah, of course I was aware. I mean, there was we used to play uh, schoolboy football, and I know the Wolves. I knew the Wolves scout. Um, he never brought me over, but I, I, <laughs> I knew him. So I always, I always knew what was got, what was going on, on at Wolves. And um, I never actually thought to myself, oh, I was ever going to play for play for Wolves when I was a kid. Um, I was always a big Arsenal fan, and and they, and they were my team. But I mean, I've couldn't thank Wolves enough for what they've done for me. They've uh, been unbelievable. And very recently, just before the most recent international break, before we've spoken to you, you very nearly beat Arsenal. Yeah, we sh- we should have beat we should have beat them. That was that was obviously a bit of a dream for me to go there and, and play against them. Um, and we had we had loads of chances, and uh, they kind of scored off. They had a few chance. They had a few chances. They kind of scored off a cross. wasn't even a chance. Went straight in, right near the en- right near the end as well. Um, and even then, we had chances after that. So we was actually in changing room after. Kind of felt like we lost. Um, and just goes to show the type of performance that we put in that we were that disappointed to come away with a draw which um, I mean the week before Liverpool were probably pretty happy to come away with a draw so it just goes to show how, how well we played that day And there must have been times in your career where you thought actually playing against Arsenal and probably should have won yeah. that's quite a monumental moment for you having grown up as an Arsenal fan having had that small taste of Premier League yeah. football having gone tumbling down with your team gone out on loan one was not a success and one was a success and then you're finally back in the Premier League to be able to say yeah I'm playing against the team I supported as a child and we nearly won that's that's a huge journey isn't it yeah well the dream was always growing up was always to play in the Premier League it wasn't necessarily oh I want to play for this team that team it was just to play in the Premier League me and my dad and just like with the chats that we've had um, and obviously to play in the Premier League against the opposition playing but not only that but to hold like hold your own you're playing well you're like you, you deserve to get things out of the game you deserve to be there um, I guess my dad's proud I'm, I'm proud of what I've been able to do so far and um, just hope it continues until I hang up the boots I must ask quickly who was on your bedroom wall if we're talking about all time Arsenal greats for you who did you oh, look uh, up to Dennis, Bur- Dennis Burkamp was, uh, I used to ha- have every Arsenal kit my mum and every Christmas birthdays I used to get all the new kits which was I mean the best thing ever for me. (laughs) To give us a little bit more of an idea of this journey that you've been on because you have that moment your Premier League debut now you're playing you know week in week out in the Premier League this season that we're speaking to you in 
just the rejection factor because I don't know how much truth it is. I, I've read several different articles and it says you've been rejected by 10 clubs in one article, up to 15 different clubs, Middlesbrough, Portsmouth, all these mm. teams mentioned. Because I think a lot of aspiring young, young football players, be they male or female, are often told rejection's part and parcel. So how much of that was the case for you? Oh, I had a lot of rejection um, and it is part and parcel, but maybe not as as much sometimes where you think it might be 50-50 but I've come to learn playing the, there's a lot more downs in the probably than there is ups for sure um, but I've, I I don't even know the exact number but I, I reckon it's definitely mid-teens the, the clubs that I had been to um, actually I'm going to ask my dad actually do I get, try and get a list together and, and see actually where I did end up going but I was yeah I just didn't perform well and every time I guess my dad was probably more nervous than me because I'm only a kid, kid when I'm 15 um, going over to the place he he's helpless isn't he really he can't see what I'm doing um, he's the one who's getting the calls so every time the call comes and it's like oh, they, they'll normally say oh we'll monitor the pro- your progress so that's basically no for now and I guess that must have hurt him also because his dream is obviously for me to go ahead and, and make it and, and play football also um, so I actually never thought about that until just now that probably probably affected him a lot more than uh, he always said. He always says to me, he drives by this one hotel, and it reminds him of. Um, I don't. Wanna, I won't name the team now because because uh, they made us pay to go over. They oh. wanted me in trouble, but made us pay, so I won't mention the team. And he says he has bad memories every time he drives by that hotel. <laughs> you say monitor your progress. In the world of broadcast, that's the same. We had how many letters, Kate, or emails saying yeah. your CV's on file. We'll keep it on file. <laughs> well, I guess that's what in everything. Like nobody's going to go to whatever job they want. And just if some people, the odd one, okay, yeah, great. People are going to get rejected from loads of places before they end up. And then the place there you get rejected from at the start, they might actually end up there. So um, Was it your dad who set up a lot of those trials? How did it... No, well, just performance. They would probably contact the schoolboy club that I was at um, and they would just call my dad to say, oh, they want it. He wouldn't actually go around trying to... Um, Pitch you out. No, not like trying to, yeah, yeah. Trying to uh, sell me, no... Uh, <laughs> They'd come to him. I, he probably did. A couple, I think it was a couple. A couple he might have done towards the later stage when it was looking like. Yeah, it does. It does take some perseverance, and I, and I would wonder whether your dad had any part in, in, in obviously keeping you going through it. But you know, it's it's so easy to get lost amongst a thousand players who've gone on trial over the last couple of years. You know. Yeah. Well, just think if he had given up, then I would not be sat here right now. I mean, obviously, I still believe, but if but I listen to him a lot, also, um, I speak all the time. Well, I take what he says to me seriously. So, if if we have a decision to make and he says this, so, mm. then I'll probably end up going with that, even if I might disagree with it, just to keep <laughs> him ha- just to keep him happy. Um, but yeah, so like a lot of it comes down to, and my mum also, she's leaving her out almost. Yeah. Um, she, they've both got me whenever when I was young. You know, you want all the the boots that you got, bring you to all the all the places. Um, they did everything. They did everything they could, and and so far. They, they probably think it was um, a good investment. But still some elevation from wondering if you'd made it, wondering if all this was going to be yeah. worth it, to yeah, yeah. getting your first taste of the Premier League at Anfield, which is quite some ground to go to. Yeah, but then you're obviously on that high, aren't you? But then you can't, you can't think then, I've made it. Do you know what I mean? Because, because what happened after? Yeah, exactly. And I could have, I mean, you could, I could have had a worse injury than hamstrings and who knows what happens. Or... When we go to League One, the man, new manager comes in, he 
wants to play somebody else. Um, because how often do you see it, people get a bit of success and they play um, in the Premier League or whatever, and then you kind of just see the slowly drop down. It happens all the time. Um, but I guess I've managed to do that and managed to just stay focused and, and bring myself back yeah, up again. Something. Yeah, and and here we are. Here we are today. So mm-hmm. hopefully it doesn't stop. Did you know that with Now TV we can watch Game of Thrones, The Handmaid's Tale, and Westworld? Really? Yeah. So that's romance, friendship, corruption, family feuds, war, weddings, betrayal, drama, and dragons. All that in three shows? No. That's just Game of Thrones. Grab a Now TV Entertainment Pass and stream over 300 box sets. To start your seven-day free trial, search Now TV. 18 plus, new customers only. Pass renews at $7.99 per month unless cancelled. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, The Offside Rule TV, for exclusive video football content. So you can credit your dad and your mum for the guidance, the motivation and keeping you going. But it comes to the, the football world where you have yeah. to credit someone else for, for eventually landing on this position of right back, which has suited you so well in recent seasons. But that hasn't always been the case. Because I, I mean, looking back, Hibernian, when you talk about that loan spell, you pretty much played in every defensive position for them. You've had quite a stint as left back as well. So how did you get to that point of being a regular right back? And who would you credit that to? Um... I think, I, well, growing up, I didn't want to be, or nobody wants to be a right back growing up. So I was a, I was a midfielder. Um, I played up front, a striker. Uh, I'm talking to schoolboy now, and then eventually, like as the the level you go up, you start to filter down into whatever position you're going to be good at. So I ended up going back to centre back, um, and I was playing centre back when I was, um, so just before I come to Wolves, Wolves really put me at right back. Um, because I was playing, I was playing centre back a lot. So then, just when I came to Wolves, I was I was right back all the time. Then um, went to Hibs. Obviously played a few positions. I played left back, um, but I'm kind of like right wing back now. So it's pretty much the same thing. Um, so I would say probably Steve we- Steve Weaver was my like uh, reserve team coach, um, and Kev Elwell was here also. Uh, so you probably have to say that them for seeing that I was a right back. I actually played in that trial game. Uh, in pre-season young Wolves played Bohemians I played right back but that was like my first really game at right back I don't know if they knew that um, <laughs> but it was Lucky. but it was yeah <laughs> and uh, so probably Wolves yeah they, they saw the potential there I guess and um, just took eight years eight years to get me there well, talk about your career with Ireland as well. Obviously, Martin O'Neill's left, and you've um, come out come out in the press and, and and said some strong things. And actually, one thing Lindsay and I really related to was when you said that you felt like your face didn't fit. In other words, there was no logical reason why you weren't being played in that team more. And Lindsay and I thought that's that's so true. You know, although we work in a completely different profession, we totally understand that when there's no logical reason, when you know you have the talent. You know that you have the background, you have the backing of your club, and yet someone doesn't see it. How? Yeah. How? Just describe how frustrating that is. It is frustrating because you're thinking that you can make a difference. You think you can help, um, but it's just like we, us three now could go out and watch a game, and I could like the midfielder. You might think oh, I'm not sure. You might not like him either. Um, and you, but it's just opinion at the end of the day, isn't it? Um, you can be as good as you want, but if someone just likes another player for different reasons, um, you just have to, I guess, respect that and just hopefully 
my dad says the cream always rises to the top with me so, um, that eventually it'll come around and you will get there and then when you get the chance you obviously have to take it and then, and then stay there You know how the stars have aligned somehow during your career yeah. to make you land in various places at various times two years in the, in, the, in the van with your dad yet Wolves see you play in this game and then they bring you to the Premier League and okay you've taken a tumble with them but you're back in the Premier League now and there's a little part of me the kind of mystical part that says oh have the stars aligned again and, and, and it is exciting yeah I know I might have to write a book on our title see <laughs> nobody buy it except for my dad um, <laughs> but yeah things just fall into place I mean I guess that's just being positive and never negative and just doing things right and being as good a person as you can be just things kind of just fall into place and, and happen for you if I was out there doing all the wrong things and um, things mightn't just happen happen the way they do. I mean, I'm Christian, so um, I kind of believe in it that way. And was that quite a tough contrast for you when you were going away with Ireland and having that sort of coaching and then coming back to Wolves where it was so different? Um, yeah, like I would go maybe and then sometimes I'd come back and it would take a few sessions to just adjust and get back to the pace of training and um, and and formation we play and how we play it and the intensity that we play that um but like we're professionals so we you do adapt you do adapt and just like anything once you get into it, it kind of gets easier for you and and you become more comfortable and what's Mick like as a manager how you know he was responsible for bringing you to this club what are your memories of him and when i remember when i first came it was intimidating um <laughs> scary like i didn't want to walk past him in the corridor um i remember the first time i when i first come over like I didn't know what you had to call the manager and stuff at the time, and he came down and went. I just went, "You're right, Mick," and like everyone calls him boss. And I went, "You're right, Mick," <laughs> and he never said anything at the time. You probably don't remember, but um, just a really, really nice guy, and uh, and he's he's a good manager. And um, I mean, he did a great job at Ipswich for for the longest time. He did unbelievable. Him and TC. I know what you mean. One of the first time I interviewed Mick post match when he was Wolves manager, and you played at Fulham, and they gave every single lady at the match some Valentine's chocolates, which I had under my arm with my programme. And he knew that I was a Wolves fan, I believe. And um, (laughs) he said, are they for me? And I felt really scared. I was like, yes. (laughs) Well, no, actually, but... Yeah, I can... can Yeah, yeah, no, like, I guess he's just... Probably not even trying to be, but he just... (laughs) He has that aura about him, doesn't he? uh, When he speaks, you listen to him. Well, let's bring it on to Nuno, your current coach, because you've said some wonderful things about him. And, and all I hear about Nuno is uh, the line that he never panics. Is this, uh, he's completely unruffable. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, I mean, there's times where he probably could have gone mad at us for, for some performance that we've done and just when results three losses in a row, you think, oh, it's changed some stuff. Not at all. We're going to do the same stuff, lads. I mean, we're going to just train and train as well as we do. Because we obviously train great. The sessions they put on are, are great. We, I mean, come game time, we're ready, we're ready to go. Um, and it comes down to them. I, I always say that their attention to detail, all the staff, um, is the best that I've um, seen. Um, I don't want to say Mick was good as well. Um, <laughs> I would make sure you put that in there at the yeah. moment, just in case. Um but it's just it's just it's just different because of different techniques, um, different philosophy. Um, but 
I'm in Tain, he's world-class manager and we're very fortunate to have him. When you went up from the championship, you all got treated to this Las Vegas trip. Yeah. So I'm going to get into, uh, this is what I've been wanting to talk about all podcasts, to be honest. <laughs> um, you, you actually get this impression nowadays in the professional football world, I think, that, you know, don't have any fun. You know, the fun police are out. Don't be caught with a drink in your hand and don't yeah. get caught doing this. The season's over and you're being rewarded and you're out there. I'm imagining like the hangover four or something. Um, and actually how good that has been for team camaraderie, because I think suddenly everyone's switching back on again and say, actually, if the players all go out and not are all on their phones and they're actually interacting and having experiences together, then this is actually great for football. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, when you go to Vegas, you're not on your phones when you go out, that's for sure. <laughs> um, but it's true, like, you, you have that great season together, so you're celebrating, but, like, you don't really, we didn't really go out too much during the season because you're just kind of focused, and championships, obviously, a lot of games. Um, but then you have this kind of, like, trip away together and... Um, you kind of just see different sides to people in a good way that you've never seen. You get, you get closer to people because you're on holiday together, so you kind of have to be. And it was just great for us. I mean, everybody got on. There was no, like, there was no groups of people weren't going, oh, we're going to go do our own thing or and, and go separate ways. Um, it was just one hell of a good trip. Who surprised you the most? Because we go on work trips and you always come back going, I never thought he or she would be like that or I never knew that, that they did such. So who surprised you the most? Um, who surprised me the most? Probably little Jota surprised me. Um, he, uh, he, was, he was lively and it was, actually, it was actually good to see, to be honest, because you would, ne- you would maybe never think it. Um, so we're talking party animal. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, there were, like, you, so you go there for what four or five nights, and it's like, let's say, you go to a pool party, and then you go out in the evening. Like, some people aren't even making it out at times in the evening. But he was there every night. Um, so fair play to him. There's, I mean, on the, one of the last nights, I think it was only at the start of the night. There's only three people there. By the end of it, people wake up at like two, and the one they'll roll out and they'll get there. But he was, uh, he was strong and been very impressed with him ever since. I hope you didn't get conned like I did when I went to Vegas. I'm presuming that you were all on, like, an agreement with the clubs and the residences that you could go in because someone decided to try and sell me and my friend when we went there a ticket to every nightclub, which I later found out after I'd paid for it didn't exist. Oh. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I think... Uh, you know, when um, it's a team like that, you have people who sort it. So when we went there, we had security and stuff. Um, and I, I don't, maybe we got conned on the price that, that Wolves had to pay. I don't know, but that was nothing to do with us. But I mean, it was pretty good. I guess you get these professional companies now that take groups of people over there, whatever. But even if we, even if it was a bit expensive, it was it was worth it. And that championship promotion, so far, is is that the highlight of your career? Um, because yeah, because I've won, I won a trophy, um, and it's, the championship is one of the, the you toughest also leagues. Played all but one game. Yeah, I know, and I was yeah, I got I had take two yellows, I got suspended, and I was really disappointed because I really I was close to the end, and I really wanted to be able to say I played forty six games, um, but forty five will do, obviously. It's for where for where we were, it was it was fantastic. I mean, one of the toughest leagues to get out of, especially last season. There was a lot of very good teams. Um, so yeah, that is a high. But the high that I'm on now, just playing every week, like almost match it. The only difference is you actually won something, a trophy. Um, but the way I feel now is like 
unbelievable. I don't want it to end ever. You play Burnley and players like Joe Hart come out at the end and say, this is the best promoted side I've seen. Yeah. Your response to that? Uh, yeah, that might, that, might, that might be true at times with some of the football that we play. I mean, we've drawn with Man City, we've drawn with Man United, we've drawn with Arsenal. Um, we've gone away from home and won. We're playing, we, we do play some good stuff. We create a lot of chances and don't give up that many chances. I think I read somewhere today that we've conceded 13 big chances we've conceded this season. I think that was like the third best maybe. Um, so if we can just put the ball in the net a bit more, all of us, because I've missed, I've missed chances as well. So everybody, um, we'd be on to a really good season. Where we're playing some really good stuff. The offside rule exclusives are available to download for free via Audio Boom and iTunes. Take us into Matt's dreamland. Mm-hmm. Where do you want to take this now? Because this is a great point to build to build on. You're doing really well this season. Not only Matt's dreamland, the Fosun's dreamland. Yes. Where do we go from here? Win every game for the rest of the season in dreamland. <laughs> um, Pip City, City, in my opinion, to the title, of course. Um, but just to fit this season and to finish as high as we can. Um, European football? Or would that be too soon? Do you think it's, it, it's, it's important not, to take it? Oh, if, it was, if we had the chance to get there, then you've got to take it. It's not if we had a chance, oh, I don't know, because maybe we're not ready or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's not the case. Um, so just finish as high as we can. I think, I, think, I think we will have, for the remainder of the season anyway, I think we'll do really well. Um, and I think we'll be, I don't want to put a place on it, or, but I think we'll, be, we'll have what, top, top, top 10 finish, in my opinion, if we can... If we can keep doing what we're doing performance-wise, but we're not putting, we're not thinking, lads. We need to finish here. We need to finish there. We're just going game by game, and just I know people say game by game all the time, don't they? But <laughs> I didn't want to say it, but I'm give us it. another cliche. Come on. No, no, that's that's four now. I think I've used. I can't stop. Well, take this season out of it. I think what I, I mean, I've already revealed my allegiances. I am a Wolves fan, yeah. but I think what a lot of people would want to hear is what's the vision for Wolves going forward especially under these new owners I, I, I know that you're very impressed by them the vision for them is definitely probably to get into Europe first that was that would entail finishing in top six seven seven um, and then I think they want to I think they want to win the league in the next five or six years um, I, am, I think that I imagine that's the, that's the goal um, so it's obviously really exciting to to be able to be part of it now and be at the start of it. Hopefully we can, hopefully I can stay here, stay here for when that happens and uh, that would be unbelievable. Outside of this football bubble, because it is a bubble, isn't it, yeah, sometimes, yeah, yeah, no, um, what do you like to do? What, what are your passions away I, from football? I passion for playing golf. Um, are you good? Yeah, well, what's What do you play off? Come on. Good? You tell me what's good. <laughs> uh, no, I, we, we're we all right. Me and John, how are we going? Will Norris, Ryan Bennett, try to play as much as we can. We play off. Who's the best out of all of you? Well, Come I'm going to say me. I'm the best. Um, <laughs> me and John are the best, but we're the same. Like, he he beat me by a shot the other day. Um, like, me and him are neck and neck. Always goes down right to the end, and so we would be the best. Uh, so in the Ryder Cup involving Wolves rather than... Who would be the four ball? Mm. Be me, John, Harry... Um, I'm going to say Will because Benno doesn't know where his clubs are. <laughs> <laughs> An issue. Um, I hear on the grapevine that you're a Tiger Woods fan. What is it about Tiger Woods? Because didn't. Know what it is. I don't know what it is. <laughs> I don't, but I just. 
I just know that everybody's a fan. We got me, Harry, George Savile. George Savile would be in the four ball if he was still here. Um, I mean, and when Tiger won, uh, was just before. Can't remember, but it wasn't that long ago. Um, like them two were emotional. I can tell you, they, he was bad in the Ryder Cup, though, huh? Yeah, but so was Phil Mickelson. We don't care. We only care about when he won and. Uh, Sav and Harry, they sent me a picture with their eyes all warred up. Was, I don't know if they were joking. <laughs> Didn't he also have a dad who was involved in his career? Yeah, yeah, he did, yeah. He was, like, probably quite strict. Um, but shape, I think he shaped the way his career went. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's why you see... Uh, I mean, when they show the Open, sometimes he was crying. He won, won the Opens, he was crying and stuff like that because his dad had just obviously died and he didn't get to see him win um, but I think he had a huge impact on his career um, and most most uh, parents they should really and uh, most dads if they have a son or a daughter I mean I have I have a daughter and another daughter during January so if she ever gets into sport then uh, I'll be on the sideline doing, doing everything I can and you want to help them as much as you can I mean you're probably more nervous on the side and watch them than it might be in a game um, but that's just the way it is is a part of that Tiger Woods appeal, the, the story, the fact that, you know, he was the best in the world. He was winning every single tournament. He was changing the face of golf. I mean, the sport owes so much to Tiger Woods. Then he goes through this doldrum spell that just kept going on and on and injuries. Well, it was injuries and it was also obviously off the back of personal matters as well. But that that win, is that something that as a sportsman you identify with that, you could be so far out of it, but to have yeah. brought your back self back. He, I don't think he played that much for like five years, mm-hmm. um, and there's so many people like obviously because I read all, go on YouTube and see the videos and read whatever um, that were just like saying he's done, like he's finished, and he must see it also sometimes. That's where I see he's so mentally strong that he just is able to come. Because look at the players that there that are now; they're all athletes now. Um, and he and he started all that. He made he made all these people rich, basically multimillionaires, whatever you want to call. Them. That's down to him and and to think that people would write would write him off. I was so happy when he won. Oh, I can't tell you how happy I was. And it was there at, right at the end of the season. And uh, yeah, we're just huge fans. I couldn't I could talk good stuff about him all day long. <laughs> I want you to talk good stuff about someone else, actually, because everyone is starting to become aware of him. I mean, we all know from from the under-20s. You know where I'm going. Morgan Gibbs-White. I actually saw... So you had a light display recently at halftime and he was warming up. This is before he came on against Burnley. And I thought, oh, I'd I'd seen him a couple of years before as part of the academy. And I thought he was good then. And I thought, wow, there is something different here, a different level that I've not seen for a while. Yeah. I mean, how exciting a prospect is he? I actually thought you were going to say Connor Coffey. Well, I, Connor's on my list as well, if you want to talk about Connor. <laughs> uh, well, we'll speak about Morgan first. Yeah, Morgan's, what was he, 18? Yeah. 18. Um, look at the impact he had when he came on against Tottenham. Turned the whole stadium around. So we were dead and buried at that time. And uh, not many 18-year-olds can do that. And he's against Arsenal hit the inside of the post right at the end um, so very exciting I mean he's got potentially a huge career ahead of him if he can stay focused and that, that's mm. important he's going to have to do that it's not just going to happen um, he's got what to stay it on it him? Has, he got, has he got something in his mentality is there can you can you spot something yeah, different yeah just the mentality that he's the best I guess mm. that's like you kind of have to have that 
um, he thinks when he goes on the pitch that he's the best player there. Um, it's a great mentality to have and something that the best players, I reckon, have. Let's come on to Connor then next, because captain material, um, he, he clearly, maybe in his, his dream world, would have been like Liverpool captain Steven Gerrard. Yeah. Would, you, would you say that's a safe bet? Uh, yeah, pretty safe. I'd say he's a hardcore Liverpool fan. He's annoying about it as well. So, uh, so as a captain, what is he like? And he seems to be akin to what you've said about Nuno, a little unflappable. Yeah, well... Like we're quite um, as a team, we're quite quiet on the pitch. Like we don't, we're not really shouting at each other. Like we're obviously giving each other information, like little little things. But he's the one who's really like dictating where where everybody needs to be. You, like if you were to listen, you'd probably only hear him. And that's what and that's the role he has. He's, he's the captain, deser- deservedly so. From, um, he's managed to turn his Wolves career right around because he was playing centre mid and he was playing right back. Um, and I guess fair play to the the manager and the management team for thinking, oh, you know what, he's going to play in the middle of three for us because I'm not sure many people would have spotted it. So um, they, they deserve a lot of credit for that. And, he, and the higher the level's gone up, he's, his performances have gone up. And just like a, a lot of the players so far this season, he looks right at home in the Premier League and... Uh, I, I personally, I think he eventually it will come that he'll get in, get in the English squad if he if he keeps going the way he's going. And all the captains you've played with, how how does he compare? They're different different captains. So Coles is a big captain on the pitch, and then you'd have some captains who are do other like more stuff off off the pitch also, which you have to, which you have to do at times. Um, so Coles is one of the nice nicer captains, where some people might be a bit more ruthless. Um, like I remember back in the day, you'd have some people who were a bit more shouty, and mm-hmm. and we're not and we're not really a, a team like that. Um, so he's not a, a, a great a great captain for us because he, he tells us what to do on the pitch, and because if we didn't have that, everybody would have stand there probably quiet. Um, but he's, he's obviously a nice guy, and he's uh, not much of a not a shower, but a bad shower. You say you're not a team like that, but are you actually not a generation like that? Because gone are the days of maybe the Roy Keane rant, would you say? But I think maybe it's a bad thing though really because maybe we should probably speak to each other more on the pitch and give more information and if people are doing things wrong have a go but we just we're just not yeah maybe it is a generation thing we just I always think if something happens someone shouts they know they've done the wrong thing just got to get on with it and just try and get it back Um, so I'm not I'm not the biggest fan of showers to be honest but um, it could be just one of those things that's kind of going out a bit more people are a bit more sensitive and stuff like that um, so you got to be careful right nowadays what you really say. Now's the time to reveal your biggest shouting experience. <laughs> Has anyone really shouted at you so badly that it's made you not a fan of shouting? Because it does, it does, it does help some players. It does, it does work for some players. No, I, I think I just got it from when I was on trials. Like you know, when you go on, tri- I, I used to go on trial, yeah, and you'd go into the change room and you're just sat there. And everybody else is just like looking at you, like what's who's this? Like they don't know who I am. And then you like you're obviously nervous, and you don't know what to, you don't really know what to do. And then you go into training pitch, and like you're not really at the speed that they're at. You're not doing the same things, and you give the ball away, and they're like kind of having a go at you just because you're just some kid and you're just giving the ball away. And then I just remember a few times when I was away like that, I used to get shouted at a bit, and ever since then, it's mm. haunted me. Not a fan of shouting. No, 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 no. <laughs> I think that's fair to say then that you won't be taking that approach in your fathering skills either. And so you say you've got a, another daughter, do you? Yeah, yeah. So I've got one daughter. She's um, 
she's over one now, so it's July birthday, so that makes her 15 months, something like that. Um, and another one due in January, and uh, I say, I say, no, I won't shout, but I've already been shouting at her, so I'm being a hypocrite then, aren't I? So, so once again in your life, you're outnumbered by women. Yeah, I just, I want... She, my, the, actually, my girlfriend was more disappointed than I was. That was another girl. I think she was, we was both thinking boy and girl and be finished. Um, Make sure she doesn't download this podcast in 20 years' yeah, time. Yeah, I know. She, <laughs> she probably will. She probably will. Um, but, yeah, two daughters. And uh, I'm going to be in a lot of trouble in about 16 years. Yeah. Well, we wish you all the best. Thank you so much for speaking to us. Yeah, thank you very much. We look forward to hearing tales of you being bossed around by all the yeah. women in your life. I, I wondered if you were going to have a large family to to replicate your own yeah, upbringing. No, no I, I don't think so, to be honest. Um, I say that now. I thought I was only going to have one, and now I've got two. So never say never, Matt. Never say never. I, want, you might have to, I might have to get a son just to keep the family name. <laughs> the Offside Rule Exclusives is produced by Offside Productions and edited by Lucy Lavery. Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.